drop the needle. Welcome to the Vital Preacher. Whoa, whoa, for whoa, whoa, the, whoa, welcome. <laughs> for the sixth, sixth Sunday. Of Not five. Slash after. Not slash five. Slash after X epiphany. Uh, I am Pastor Matt Cadle at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Paris. I'm the theological cartographer at the University of Colorado Boulder. And uh, yeah, we're going to dive into these uh, texts for this coming Sunday. Deep cut. What, what is happening in your community this week? Mm. This week, we we are cruising along. We're headed towards your retreat here in a couple weeks, but we're not there quite yet. We have students, real life students. I took a, took a van of students on Saturday down to Denver to the Civic Center for a rally to support our Muslim mm. neighbors, which is fun. Yeah. Following it up this Saturday, we got students going down uh, to the Lutheran Advocacy Ministries Faith Advocacy Day, where yeah. old people are going to ask them why students, young people don't care about things. Uh, and they're going to get some free yes. sandwiches. Uh, hopefully it won't be like that. I love our advocacy guy, Peter, big yeah. friend of the pod. Doesn't listen, but big friend of the pod. <laughs> Let's uh, get him on. Oh, we got to get, we should, Peter would be a good guest. We should just do a guest. Oh yeah. We should, we should be a guest. Uh, Yuan, Yuan's yeah. mom, Peter, Kevin Severson, we are only looking for white or Eastern European males. If you're a white or Eastern <laughs> European male, who might be a good guest. Let us know. We want to Yuan get you is on. an immigrant, though. Yuan's an immigrant. He's mm. pretty. Uh, he's pretty adamant about that. We could get Yuan and Peter on together to talk about refugee stuff. Be awesome. So, looking at some ways that students uh, can get involved in the advocacy game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tonight, though, uh, I said theological cartographer because tonight we are doing the theology of maps at our weekly gathering. Uh, we haven't done it in two years. I'm really excited. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I have any new stuff over the last time I did it, but I really look forward to taking students into the sacredness that is uh, maps. Yeah. Do you know, I went to the youth ministry conference extravaganza last year, and they give me this card with all these little curricula on it. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Hey, there's a theology of maps workshop thingy in here. And I was like, oh, that sounds like something Zach would be into. Oh, look who wrote it. It's Zach Paris. <laughs> who knew? Who knew he's writing curriculum for the extravaganza? I would like to be the theological cartographer for the entire Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. <laughs> but they have Oh my goodness. I don't know if they're hiring right now. Uh, you even named it after that book. What was it called? Paper Towns. Paper Towns. Hey, fun fact, podcast listeners, Paper Towns the book is incredible. Will leave you broken and in tears. The movie is terrible. It's terrible. It's not good. What Did happened? you see it? I didn't. That's, I mean, and I don't feel bad about missing it, even though pa- I, I mean, love Paper Towns. You should watch it to compare it because they totally changed the ending in a way that, like, what? Anyway. They changed the ending. Yeah, to like, and it messes with the whole meaning of the book, I feel. You should watch it. It was great because uh, one of my high school students who's also who also loves John Green. Mm. Watch, we were like talking about it and then she goes and watches the movie and I immediately get this epic long text <laughs> after she was saying how bad how disappointed she was in this movie how frustrated she was how they changed it anyway we're digressing we are digressing uh, but that's important that's good that is important. what's is happening a, this is our pod within a pod, pod we should do this a... like uh, like the you talking you to me podcast I don't know if you're familiar with that you should google it it's pretty it's pretty great it's uh, actor Adam Scott and uh, Scott Ackerman 
and they talk about you too. But then they have like these mini podcasts within podcasts. Oh, yeah. So that should be like our time dream podcast within the pod. I like it. Our, our Russian nesting doll of a podcast. Matt, I have another exciting thing that's happening yes. that's relevant for the Vinyl What's Preacher. Uh, Friday night, uh, I'm going to try to make you as jealous as I can because I'm going on a date. Uh, I've got a reservation for the Med restaurant in downtown Boulder. So excited about that. Got a gift card. Going to use that. Got a, got a babysitter lined up. But then we're heading up the hill. It's going to be difficult. Doors open at 8.30, which is incredibly late for me. But Dawes is playing the Fox Theater in Boulder. Um, I don't understand why Dawes is playing the Fox Theater in Boulder because I feel like Dawes is firmly, uh, though currently probably my favorite band, is so so definitively dad rock. Uh, it is playing the most college venue in the city of Boulder. Uh, there are no seats in this venue. I suspect Hannah and I will, if the crowds are like normal crowds at the Fox, we will be the oldest people by approximately 10 years. Um, but wow. we're going to see Dawes in an incredibly intimate venue without seats. And we're going to get there early yeah. as well and be the really awkward old people in the front row. That's awesome. Enjoy. But I'm excited. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Sweet. What's happening in L.A.? Which way, yeah. LA? No, it's really, man, it's interesting. You mentioned the rallies and advocacy. We had a meeting of the religious directors uh, at USC's campus yesterday, and that's all that anybody could talk about was how this, uh, how the executive orders are impacting the campus. And uh, the dean of religious life was like, you know, I usually try to stay really nonpartisan because I have to minister to students of all different opinions. But he said, I'm finding it really hard to stay on the sidelines uh, on this one. And uh, I think it's something we're all struggling with as preachers, right? I don't know, Matt. I don't know. I think we're I think we're close to I'm feeling more and more. You know me. Yeah. <laughs> just a, just a spitting fire <laughs> all the time. Spitting incredibly hot, moderate takes. But I think we're getting close to approaching. I don't feel it's that partisan, right? When I'm on the same side of an issue as Lindsey Graham and the Koch brothers, uh, I don't feel like it's some crazy leftist uh, yeah. conspiracy, no, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. At the same side of an issue as Reagan? Come on. Yeah. Well, I think in some ways it's like super clarifying, right? In the sense that like um, one of the religious directors, Bart Campolo, who actually had an article in the New York Times, he does, he's a humanist. Uh, campus humanist. And he was like, it's not about, he's like, we have to make it, it's, it's not about, um, it's not about Trump, right? You can say, okay, you voted for Trump. That's that's fine. It's the policy that I'm opposing. It's this position I'm opposing. It's this value that I'm standing up for. And if we can, I don't know, if we can get really, maybe it'll be really clarifying for our, what our commitments really are, what the core of the matter really is. Uh, and for me, like, is that, because I just felt like the rest of the day thinking about it, like trying to figure out what that means. And I think part of the way that it gets relevant for our, for our vocation uh, as preachers and as pastors is that one of the things that we do, like we're not always on like the policy end of things, right? Like crunching the numbers of like housing policy and refugee policy and, but we're sort of down under, we're at sort of the core, right? Like that molten core of your values, of your value, of your worldview and your value system. Right. And that's going to have it. That better have an impact on the policy stuff at the surface, but we don't necessarily like that. Maybe for you to tease out over the course of the week, we're at that molten core. And maybe mm -hmm. that sounds, maybe Chris would push back. If I had my wife on the podcast, she'd always be like, Oh, you think your job is so important. <laughs> um, 
right? So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody needs to push back at me on that uh, front. But I do think we're one of, maybe not the only vocation, but one of the vocations that does talk about those core values, right? What's core for us? Um, what's critical? What's the non-negotiable? And this is super relevant because in our text today, it's almost time. It's not quite time, but it's almost not time. Quite. Jesus, uh, I think, is trying to get us to the heart of the matter. So, mm. uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What's happening in my context? Hey, we have an annual meeting. So we're going to be talking yeah. about the budget. It's too bad we didn't record the rant that I had before the pod. We did record it. It exists. <laughs> you can play a little clip of it sped up really fast. <laughs> uh, you can hear how like, I sound like a chipmunk really angry. But that's uh, it's budgeting in my context, which is also, you know, it's number crunching. This is how uh, our ministries take flesh and blood in the world. Uh, what percentage through, of your budget is worship? What percentage is that? What percentage is it? Well, it's kind of a misnomer because our building takes up so much, <sighs> takes up so much of it. So I don't know. I'd say maybe twenty five percent. It's one of four ministry categories. Yeah. Um, as we a also min- do education. We do fellowship or community life, and we do um, stewardship, which I also consider like service and justice ministries. Mm. So, Minister of Word and Sacrament, worship should probably be at least 50% row, right? Oh, my God. Well, it's like, <laughs> it's hard because they're all interrelated, right? Oh, they're all interrelated. Right. That's right. And I actually, let me tell you, so this is how I do it. And then, like, I, so I did it this way, and then my uh, my folks look at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? But I'm I, guessing they do that a lot, man. Instead of calling them uh, worship, education, fellowship, stewardship, I decided I was going to call them Worship is the ministry of rebirth. Education is the ministry of reformation. Fellowship is the ministry of reconciliation. And stewardship is redistribution. What? Redistribution. Like manna in the wilderness. That's what we do. We're manna. We're we're manna redistributors. So uh, So we're rebirth, reformation, reconciliation, and redistribution. But those words don't mean anything to anybody. So they're just in parentheses. And everyone looks at them and goes, why are there these extra words? Anyway, I think it's time, man. I have a pod within a pod real quick. We did that pod within a pod. Pod number three within the pod. Uh, Humanist. I don't get humanists at all, right? Yeah. Agnostic, atheist. I get it. This stuff is ridiculous to believe in. We have firm evidence on humans. The results are in, and it's not good. Not good. (laughs) Well... Yeah, yeah. I know mm. humans, and they're terrible. Mm. Well, yeah. Mm. I think it's the same. Th- I don't know. Well, maybe we should get him on the pod. We maybe should get a real-life humanist do. to work out my personal issues with humanists on the he's pod. A, he's a really nice guy. I mean, he's a great guy. He's really. He's, I've met really he's nice humanists. I've never gotten the balls up to really go for it with him, though. Well, I mean, basically— I think he does what we do. It's just he's dropped the God part, right? So he, so it's sort of like atheism or agnosticism, but instead of like like an atheist, like your core principle is God does not exist. And it's like, well, I just don't care about that question. My core principle is what's going to result in human flourishing, right? So like, mm-hmm. so I kind of I kind of get it. But yes, if you've got this Lutheran um, anthropology, it's going to be a little bit. A little bit different. It's hard for me. Being interesting yeah. though. I'll try to manage to get him on the pod. Yeah, I like this. We're getting some good guests on the pod. Especially some Romanians. <laughs> the Romania edition. Ro-mania. That's the, it, that's the If title. we do that, though, we're going to broadcast the pod from Taco Bell. I just want oh, you to my know. God. 
This will be the greatest pod ever. I will get on a plane. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Just to do it at Taco Bell. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Time for the text? Time for the text. Time for the text. Zach, we are making our way through the Sermon on the Mount. We're at part three of this just Harry Potter length series on the Sermon on the Mount, just chapter after chapter. We did the Beatitudes uh, the first week, last week. I've already forgotten. It was light of the world, salt of the earth. Mm. Um, And then this week, you know, like those were two pretty memorable, pretty, you know, you could even be heartwarming. You could push a little bit, put some teeth on it. But like, you know, people hear it and they go, oh, that's, yeah, salt of the earth, light of the world. This one is a little bit harder. Jesus is uh, basically telling folks, so you have heard X, Y, or Z, but What's I that? say to you, you have heard. Oh, you have heard. I'm sorry, I couldn't, alo- couldn't hear. You have heard <laughs> X, Y, or Z, but I tell you, A, B, and C. So, for example, you have heard you shall not murder, but I say to you, if you are angry with a brother or sister, you're liable to judgment. You have heard you shall not commit adultery, but I say, if you look at somebody with lust, you've committed adultery. Uh, and he just he just continues on like this. It's not uh, not exactly heartwarming. It is not exactly the 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 results of the consequences. I guess is what I'm looking for here. The consequences are pretty intense, man. It brings me to my first uh, question. Yeah. Uh, right. It says uh, you've heard it said. You shall not murder. Whoever gives mur- whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say that if you're angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd like to retract most of my statements about our current president um, because I'm <laughs> liable to the hell of fire. And we get hell actually a number of times here. Uh, so part of my kind of questions this week, I think people in the in the old pews, at least in my pews, uh, we don't have pews. People in my chairs will be asking themselves about this hell of fire and, and probably painting some pictures of Dante and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Do you think they should be? I don't. I don't think you should be painting the pictures of Dante. I'm not, not a big fan of the guy. Uh, Dante Exum's fun to watch. I watched him play the other night when the Hornets lost to the Jazz to lose their seventh in a row. They call him the Australian Jordan, uh, which is good for his basketball, bad for his immigration status. Um, some hot, 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 hot take. Um, I think the... What I'm gathering of this hell of fire and the severity of Jesus' uh, consequences here is to say that this kingdom of heaven that he's he's describing is, I'm going to say two things, and the second one has to be stuck to the first one, so you can't take them out of context, is an all or nothing thing. We cannot, as individuals and as communities, straddle the fence of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I think that's the first thing. Uh, it's a thing that either works in the sense of, I, I mean, I think the the deep cut on on these prohibitions and stuff, right, is is to um, the deep cut is that these teachings of Jesus are teachings about how we live um, together as a community, um, and stri- they're really strategies for avoiding self destructive tendencies of communities to um, that in the service of honor, in particular. Uh, 
cause us to harm one another, right? I like the saying here, uh, it's better for you to poke out your your right eye. Uh, and it's, it's important, right? Right is important. Right is the position of honor compared to the left. Uh, it is better for you to dishonor yourself than to dishonor another, the other who might have uh, aggrieved you in the community. Uh, because if you dishonor the other, it throws the whole thing doesn't work. It breaks. Uh, it's a destructive thing. And the whole community is destroyed, right? It might as well be yeah. thrown into the fires of hell. And Gehenna is hell. Gehenna here is hell, which is like the trash valley of burning fire outside of Jerusalem. And so that second thing to say, the first, right, it's all or nothing kind of thing. The second thing is to say is it's an all-inclusive kind of thing. That the all or nothing is is an all that that gathers and holds all of us um, through that, that 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 practice that's very clear here of dishonoring yourself before dishonoring anyone else. Yeah. Right? Turn the turn the cheeks coming up next week. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I hear man. I love it. So part of what I hear you saying really echoes for me the first reading, which we didn't read, we're not focusing on today, but that Deuteronomy mm-hmm. reading begins, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. I've set before you today life and death, right? Life and death. There's two roads that you can take. He doesn't offer a third road. Like there's life, there's death, and then if you just kind of want to like uh, – And there's moderation. You know, yeah, moderation. You can pick that one, too. He doesn't <laughs> offer that. He only offers the two, right? You're all in. It's all or nothing. It's what, it's life or it's death. Seinfeld um, on the pod today. <laughs> he right? doesn't offer that. I might have a terrible Seinfeld impression, but I tried. <laughs> you nailed it. You can know. we get the Seinfeld sound effect? <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I think you also did a helpful thing. We sometimes hear these texts and we think that it's individualistic, like it's just about us as individuals. How do I avoid the fire of hell? Our individual lives are relevant, right? But when uh, Moses talks, Moses sets before you life and death, it says Moses said to the people. Mm. Moses not didn't say to you personally, as some individual, but to the community. Moses says this to the community. Hey, community, I've set before you life and death. Hey, nation. Hey, America, I've set before you life and death. You get one or the other. There's no, like, uh, middle ground here. I like that image and that it it takes this weird twist though, right? Yeah. I said before you life and death and the way to life is through the door that you think is death, right? Oh boy. Yeah. We've mislabeled them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because see that's, so now you're going to have to make it. So then I think you make a choice, right? About which way you're going to go and you can very easily hear this as just uh, purely ethical, like instruction, right? Like you can choose, to do the right thing or you can choose to do the wrong thing and I'm going to radicalize what the wrong thing is. But if you're going to put forth this Lutheran theology that, well, we we can't actually fulfill this, I mean, kind of what, I mean, you're screwed, right? Like you're, you're going to be angry. You're, you're, you're going to do these things, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're in, you're going to be, in, you're in the hell of fire. Like that's, that's where your path is going to inevitably lead. So the good news is not that you're going to have to, you're going to go around the hell of fire, that you're going to somehow avoid the hell of fire, but that you're going to have to go through it. Jesus is going to pull us through it somehow. Mm, Matt. Maybe. You're hitting it, man. You're hitting Maybe. it. We're, we're, we're grooving uh, to the same beat here. 
at our conversation, we do a, a typically do a dinner church thing on Sunday night. And so we get to talk about the text a lot. And one of the things we talked about was the role of fire in Matthew, um, hmm. that I think fire does not have an inherently negative doesn't play an inherently negative role that there's that it's very much a purifying creative productive thing i was talking about salt i'm really into the the molina and Rorba understanding of salt as salt of the earth as being the ignition plates for the earthen ovens right and so you are salt mm. of the earth as you are one called to start the fire mm. um right take that billy joel we did start the fire you jerk um, yes fire good it's sometimes bad <laughs> yes <laughs> fire good but sometimes bad that's all you need to know this week oh my gosh all you need to know this week oh my goodness and so I think it's kind of interesting right that it's that this says the hell of fire um I don't know why. I don't know. I don't really have any actual like substantive stuff to back that up, but the descriptiveness of it, right? That it's uh, hell of fire. Um, maybe that distinguishes it from some of the other fire in in Matthew, because the other two times we get hell three times in this reading, and only once does it include fire, the hell of fire. Uh, the other times are just hell, discarded into the trash. Because the other thing to say, right, is that Hebrew folk, and if Matthew, if we're understanding Matthew as the most Jewish of the gospel, Hebrew folk did not have an understanding of an afterlife. And so that whole Dante-ish sort of vision of heaven and hell just doesn't make sense to me in this context. So why does he use it? Well, I think he's using it like it's the word Gehenna, right, which refers to that burning trash hole um, outside of the city that I think he's saying, right, that if you, to me, this is a very Girardian, very Girardian text, right? To me, I hear Jesus saying that if you're going to have this community that's really inclusive and welcomes everyone except uh, Romanians, you might as well throw it in the trash because this is a yes, yes or no, no thing. What I mean by being an inclusive community and turning the other cheek um, and poking your own eye out is you poke your own eye out for everyone. You dishonor yourself first, always. And that, that if you draw a line in that, then that's not the kingdom of heaven you're building anymore. Well, the other thing that I think is really interesting that Jesus does here is that, once again, like he does in the entire Sermon on the Mount, he's really, you know, like the Sermon on the Mount is not... Uh, it's is it's not an original song, right? It's mm -hmm. a it's a remix of old and new. It samples the uh, the law and then does this like new thing with it. Uh, it's very similar. It really reminds me that ELCA wants us to all read the small catechism this year, and I'm I'm gonna try. <laughs> it's so it's so hard to read. Like I don't understand people that have this like deep love for it, but I know it's important. I'm sorry, party line. It's important. We're all gonna read it. I promise. Bishop Eaton, I, I'm going to read it, I promise. But this is kind of like what Martin Luther does in the Ten Commandments, right? Where he's like, what does this mean? Well, here's what it means. Like, I'm going to radicalize this thing uh, and pull it deeper and wider. And so that's kind of what Jesus is doing with, like, these very simple commandments, like, you shall not murder. He takes us deeper underneath mm -hmm. that, like, surface-level law and gets us down closer to the core. And, in fact, I might describe it as, like, we don't just have, like, an action problem, um, but that we have a heart the heart problem. I'm going to quote uh, Reverend William Barber on that. He likes to say, he Ooh. said that at the Democratic Convention, but also this sermon that he spoke, uh, that he preached. Billy B. 
I know, right? That, the, uh, the, the preferable Bush. of the two Billy Bees. <laughs> Way better than Billy Bush. Way better oh, than no. Billy Bush. Um, but then we've got this. We've got this heart issue, right? We've got this heart issue, and uh, I'm thinking about that image too. Jesus says that, right? He says, "In his heart, what are you doing in your heart?" And that um, that part of what we need is heart surgery. Part of what we need is a moral defibrillator, and maybe. Uh, I don't know. We're going to have to work out somehow in this sermon that uh, we're going to preach on Sunday or that I'm going to preach on Sunday. I've got to work out like who's who's doing the defibrillating, <laughs> who's doing the open heart surgery here. And uh, and what's that? What's that look like? What's that look like? Jesus is giving us an echocardiogram. If uh... showing us just how withered our heart is that we've got all these blockages in our I'm just I could just run with this image. I feel like. If your preacher this Sunday uses the word defibrillation, please <laughs> please email us at thevinylpreacher at gmail.com. I want to know about it, and we will get them on the pod. That's If you can send us evidence of you using the word defibrillation in a sermon, you will be the next guest on The Vinyl Preacher. Uh, I like how you brought up heart, Matt. Uh, I got a little bit of nerd factoid for you. I'm going to drop in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our good friends, friends of the pod, uh, Melina and Rorba talk about how in the Mediterranean world they didn't have the distinction that they had in the Greco-Roman world of body and soul that might be more like heart and and, and your body, but they had a what what they call a three-zone personality, uh, and Uh-oh. so that the person was divided into three categories. Uh, is the, the friend zone in there? The friend zone is. Not, not one of the there. three zones. Not, not, <laughs> not one of them. Uh, it's the first is the zone of emotionally fused thought that includes will, intellect, judgment, personality, and feeling all rolled together, right? And so it, uh, it's the activity of the eyes of and heart, sight, insight, understanding, choosing, loving, thinking, and value. The second zone is the zone of self-expressive speech, uh, including communication. So it's the activity of the mouth, the ears, tongues, lips, throat, teeth, speaking, hearing, singing, swearing, cursing listening eloquence silence and crying and then the third is the zone of purposeful action all right uh, so that's external behavior or interaction with the environment it's uh, hands feet finger and legs walking sitting standing touching accomplishing etc and so i think you're right on here matt uh taking the ten commandments and going way deep and extending it to all three zones of your personality it involves not just your actions but your self-expression and your emotionally fused uh part of your body Mm. your whole self right and that i mean that goes back to the whole it's a yes yes or no no uh yeah we typically don't like these sorts of dialectics right but this is the thing that consumes all of you yep this kingdom of heaven yeah and consumes all of us right i think that's the other like you can like jesus is continuing to go moving from the individual to the community this is not you want to put your whole self into this great but this the implications of this is that this is all of us all all yeah. of us one more question so like if we're, th- we're thinking about all of us right and i've got this question near the end of the passage uh jesus says and do not swear by your head for you cannot make one hair, white or black. And that has me thinking about identity, right? Mm. Um, you can't change your hair from white or black. You can't change yourself from white or black. What are the parts of your identity you cannot change? And if, and how, how far do you want to take that, right? I mean, 
I mean, you could say you cannot make one hair white or black. And then I want to follow it up with like, I don't know, you cannot, I want to say something about what you cannot do about your identity. Um, but God can, right? God can mm. do something with your baptismal identity. God, mm-hmm. God can give us this new identity. And God, in fact, does give us this new identity. I don't know. Thinking about identity in relation to that, mm. to the way that Jesus wraps up this, uh, this interesting little mini sermon. I like it, Matt. Here's what I like about it. I like, yeah. I like diving back in to thinking about this and, and, and walking back with it, that if God's word to us is to admonish us, uh, let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. I think the really powerful twist to say here is let your word be yes, yes, or no, no, because what God's word to us is, is yes, yes, you are a part of this thing. Um, yeah. We can't perform. We're going to go back to the cardiological uh, <laughs> metaphors. You can't perform heart surgery on yourself. <laughs> you can't. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use it, Zach. I'm going to use it. God's the only one who does heart transplants around here, except for qualified physicians. Hey, uh, fun fact. What I'm going to use, thinking about heart surgery, in my context, it is also, I didn't talk about this before, but it's also Black History Month. What? Which we try to find some different ways to acknowledge. Do you know who the first American to perform open heart surgery was? It's an African-American dude by the name of Daniel Hale Williams in the 1800s. He was in Chicago and he founded this hospital because uh, the white hospitals wouldn't accept black Haitians. So he started his own hospital and, hey, figure out how to do open heart surgery. Amazing. I Who remembers gonna, that? I don't know. But. I was going to guess that it was Eli Whitney. <laughs> Sadly. I was totally a part of that internet phenomenon this week. Did what? you see that internet phenomenon? What? What internet phenomenon? There was one of those, I forgot what they call it, right? The They call it the thing where everybody misremembers this, something together. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, to sweet baby Jesus, that I was taught that Eli Whitney was a black man. I don't know. We're going to have to get um, a historian on the pod. And this week... A whole bunch of people on the internet realized all together that Eli Whitney was in fact a white man and that everything we knew was wrong. I missed that one. I'm man. I know. I know about the Highlander school, but Eli Whitney, it didn't 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 catch Eli that. Didn't catch that. Whitney. More piece of good news to sneak in here, Matt. Yeah. Uh, last week ended on a really harsh note. Uh, last week's reading, it ended with, uh, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes or the Pharisees, uh, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And one of the questions we were talking about on Sunday night was exactly how righteous are the Pharisees and the scribes? And I think what Jesus is doing here is taking the Pharisees and scribes down a notch or two, right? Each of these, you have heard it said, I think he's quoting the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious leaders, uh, right? He's, he's, he's going after them. So there might be some hope that the Pharisees and scribes aren't some unattainable thing, right? Yeah. And that God might make us to be quite righteous, to be fully in and a part of uh, this kingdom of heaven, as God says to us. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's also what we say, man, if I wanted to pull that, I don't know. I don't know if this works, but um, I don't know if you like preaching about baptism. Uh... I mean, if I have but, to. Uh, <laughs> in the baptismal rite, there's a great yes and a great no Ooh. that happen, right? There's a great yes and a great no. 
And I think you could play a little bit with that too to think oh, about goodness, um, God's yes to us and, our, and God's no to us, but also like that we that's a res- that we have this response, right? That oh. actually is in the baptismal liturgy, yeah. right? And it's all wrapped up there in that identity closing to this passage and baptism. We could talk about our baptismal identity in some interesting ways, I think, Ooh. this week. Yes, yes, no, no. Man. So yeah, I like it. Good I stuff, think that's a huh? good that's a good place, Mac, to 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 lead into the the playlist, and in particular, what I'm going to lead the playlist off with. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, another North Carolinian, James Taylor. Fi- I've seen fire and I've seen rain. What? What? Fullness of human experience. Yes, yes. No, no. Fire and rain. Water. Baptismal <laughs> water. Beautiful. Mm. I love it. Oh, it's so good. I can listen to James. James Taylor is like my comfort food. Um, he is comfort. But just to put on the, you know, especially the seventies. Oh, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. It's like heartbreaking. You know, like the, I mean, he's got a couple of songs like, oh my goodness. You had to do it. You had to go with fire and rain. Oh my Had gosh. to, had to do Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, can I, can I also go with the white male singer songwriter? Please. Can I, can I go with Don Henley's? The heart of the matter. <laughs> I've been trying to get them to the heart of the matter. Oh, I like it. And I think it's I about like it. forgiveness. Forgiveness, which oh. is actually this recon- reconciliation that occurs in the heart of today's text, uh, and maybe the reconciliation that occurs in our baptism as well. Oh. Mm, I like it. I like it. I like it. We're gonna go another white male singer songwriter. <laughs> you got more? Oh, I got more. I don't know if you've heard they've <laughs> they've done pretty well in the music business. Um, you gotta go, Johnny Cash, right? I fell into a burning ring of fire. Ring of fire? I totally wrote down ring of fire. Ah. Yes. I was yes. just hoping that I would get to it before you would, and I gave you a shot. I, I went James Taylor first. You did. You did. Can we just put ring of fire in there twice? Can we do yes. that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think right. It's a good song for it too, because it, I think what it does, right? It, maybe it opens up like the playfulness of fire. We like uh, the studio version of Ring of Fire, and then um, Ring of Fire live at San Quentin. Mm, Let's San do Quentin, got to be it. Do it. Done. You were on and Fuego this week. Please go, Katy Perry. Please go, Katy Perry. That's all I got. I thought we were doing two Ring of Fires. Do you want me to do another one? No, you don't have to. We'll do two Ring of Fires. It'll be great. I don't know any other lyrics to Katy Perry's uh, song, so I can't I can't fully endorse it. Uh, but that'll be great. We got four songs. I like it. All white, all male. Uh, <laughs> all singer-songwriter. But don't worry. We got Romanian guests coming up on the pod very shortly. So what's the good news, Matt? Oh, my gosh. What is the good news? God's going to do uh, a triple bypass on us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Boom. I like it. I like it. Uh, another word. This might be a good Sunday as well to talk about dental health. Did you know the plaque on your teeth can go to your heart? Don't forget to floss, everybody. Uh, I think my good news is is just yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. God's words to us. Yes, yes. Oh, I could set it up with a really funny story, Matt. I've got a funny story. It's not really funny, but it's humorous. Uh, when I was an undergraduate studying civil engineering, I had the two scariest, like, uh, uh, what do you call the classes that, like, weed out classes? There we go. They're supposed to weed out everybody. Uh, statics and dynamics. Uh, and there were, I had them at 8 a.m. for a year. 
And I was really excited when I first walked into the class because I read the syllabus and it said there were, there were going to be no tests, right? A class without exams. Fantastic, right? <laughs> but then yeah. I read on and what it said was, over the course of this semester, I will give you eight one-question pop quizzes. And at the end of the semester, I'll give you the grade you deserve. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he meant it, uh, right? Wow. He really gave you uh, Bob Nowak, free body Bob, as he was uh, affectionately known. Uh, gave you the grade that he thought you deserved. He sent my roommate home from the final and didn't let him take it because he said he was going to fail him regardless of how well he did on the final. The other thing you know about Bob is that Freebody Bob was probably at least 80 years old when I had him. Uh, the scariest southernist been teaching this class for a million years, and everybody was petrified of him. Uh, and every now and then somebody would ask him a question, and he would say, well, do you want a one-word answer or a two-word answer? And they'd say, uh, one word? And he'd say, No. And they'd be like, well, what if I'd said two words? And he'd say, hell no. <laughs> God has a two-word answer for us. It's yes, yes. <laughs> well done. That's a good, you're going to use that story, aren't you? I probably would if I was doing like real preaching this weekend, but I'm not. Oh. Dinner churching this week. Dinner churching. Dinner churching. So I got to find some good questions that, that lead us to... Gotcha. To the preordained answers that I've decided upon. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it backwards this week. What? Since, maybe I'll do it backwards this week since my aunt, my good news is that God's answer, God's words to us are yes, yes. Maybe I should, instead of coming up with good questions for us to work on answering, maybe I should have us work on coming up with questions for the answer of yes, yes. Like Jeopardy. Like Geoparty. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's two of them. Well, we got one week left of the Sermon on the Mount, and then we go up to the mountain mm. for a little festival I like to call the Transfiguration of our Lord. Peace. Peace.